the culture podcast i'm your host jazz singh and as you heard in the intro a little different it's a little different it's not the usual uh it doesn't sound like a film clip it's actually a uh it's music man we do music on the show we're diversifying our uh our portfolio here we have a musician on the show today that is uh, an original song you just heard uh you're hopefully going to hear more as it goes and you're going to want to hear more after this is done my pleasure to introduce to all of you, uh, musician, uh, you got singer, songwriter, composer. We have Sanjay Krishnamurthy with us here today. Come on down, Sanjay. Let them know. Grand intro. I try. I try. Yeah, it's all lies. <laughs> um, thanks so much for having me. No, no. Uh, we should both be thanking, uh, this is the perfect plug, because I always forget to plug them. They're always like, why don't you plug our stuff more? Uh, I'm going to be fired for saying that tomorrow. Uh, B-Raja TV, man. It's uh, your home for South Asian American home entertainment. They're building up quite a portfolio. You can get them just about anywhere. If you go to brajatv.com, you'll notice they're on. They're in the App Store. They're in Google Play. They're on Amazon. They're on uh, Roku. Everything. If you can watch something anywhere, they're there. Check them out. Uh, they're doing some great stuff. We'll, we're on there. So if you're not going to support anything else, support us and stuff. Um, so on the show, like I said, uh, changing gears a little bit. We got musicians now. Um, and so Sanjay, I guess right off the bat, for people who don't know, uh, tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, uh, what you do. Like I said, they've, they've already heard your music, and I'm sure they're clamoring for more, and I'm sure they're clamoring to know more. Uh, so yeah, stage is yours, my man. Cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was born in Dayton, Ohio, and then I was raised, if you will, in Phoenix, Arizona. So like I consider Phoenix home. Um, so yeah, I like, um, yeah, that was kind of like how things I shook out. And then, um, yeah, my parents were from India and then my dad moved to Florida, um, Washington, and then eventually ended up in Dayton, Ohio, where they had me. You got around. So, yeah. <laughs> got around, yeah. He um, he was in grad school in a few cities. Uh, what year did he come in? Huh? What year was your, your dad in? I mean, I'm assuming your mom was in tow. Yeah, yeah. I think they moved in 76. Uh, I uh, Yeah, I could be wrong on the exact date, but in the, sometime in the 70s. Yeah. He's going to call yeah. in later and be like, what? You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, I didn't do my prep. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, moved out to Phoenix. Um, and then I feel like I had been kind of playing piano 
um, since I was five, four or five. Um, and in Ohio, I just had so much time and I was so bored um, just because there wasn't much of, uh, it was cold a lot and um, we ha- I had friends, but it wasn't like too social of an environment. So I just practiced all day watch MTV, um, play, you know, listen to rock. Back when you could watch it. Yeah, exactly. I would watch, I would watch like one song. I would wait for the song to come on. Um, they would have, you know, and then TRL would drop and there'd be a song and everyone would hear it. Um, I mean, oh, how the times have changed. (laughs) Um, we're uh, giving away our age. I know. Right. I know. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, we used to watch television for our music. I know. Right. Yeah. And we had this like 36 inch TV um, that was like, yeah. would there'd be that like that white band that would always come yes. yeah, down yeah. on the TV uh, every like, you know, two minutes or so. Um, but yeah, I would, I just like really kind of gravitated towards music. I mean, at the time Rahman was coming up, he just did Roja um, and he was just kind of revolutionizing a lot of that, infusing like a lot of Western classical into Bollywood and kind of caught my ears from that. And then like pop music and rock and roll, um, really caught my eye, um, caught my ears rather back then. Um, and then I just, you know, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think to me, uh, the best way to describe it is it's heroin without the side effects. Like it's just so <laughs> much fun. I, I like I that. I, I might have to use it. Yeah. They're saying, not heroin. I didn't copyright it, so it's all yours. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just really enjoy like the craft of it a lot. Um, and throughout my life, I've just been um, continuing to play and practice and perform um, in kind of various ways uh, until I was like in high school where it started to become a little more serious, starting to perform on like larger stages, competing in all state. Um, and then I wanted to go to college and do the thing, go to art school. And I, it was just so new to me. I didn't really have like, you know, again, like Phoenix, although a larger city than Dayton, just like the, there aren't people who are like trying to become full-time musicians as often as, you know, more practical decisions. And, um, I think that like I was just kind of like I didn't know what I'm doing and I don't want to do this because it seems super risky and so I mean just kind of do this um I did biology and uh economics at U of A University of Arizona um so I stayed in state and kind of did that and then until I was like really sure that I wanted to do music and then I um yeah started really pushing in at like 21 22 um and uh yeah that's kind of like I've just been kind of making music over the past a few years and building my network and building my team and yeah, getting better. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that struck me when they, uh, they brought you to my attention, apologies for not being in, uh, you weren't in the, on the radar prior, but I'm so glad you are now. Uh, but as, as (laughs) he's like, you weren't on my radar either. So (laughs) we're even, No, no. (laughs) I live under a rock. I live under a rock for sure. Like, I mean, I have uh, like I've very I've just been starting to use Instagram no, no, more. No, it's, I, yeah. it's not even. Uh, yeah. Calling California rock may be a bit of a stretch, but I mean it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so as they would have heard in the intro, um, uh, just for the sake of so like B Raja bringing in this kind of South Asian, it's a it's a fusion. I feel like on its own because the the people who are out here making stuff, whether it's films or or music or what have you, uh, 
it's almost like we're already coming from a background of, of like both worlds kind of a thing. So I, I don't know if they'd be surprised uh, to hear that. And then obviously then to look you up and see what they see and then juxtapose that with what they hear. Um, do you, is that was a, so you mentioned error month. Was that a conscious, I don't know when you started, did you, was there a conscious choice? Was it always like this, this rock? Uh, Cause I love it. But like, was, was there ever, was it, did it start off kind of, as one and then merge into it? Was it always a hybrid kind of a thing? Or was yeah. it one or the other? So I, I used to go by like a name, Sunjay K. Um, and like I was making various, like I made only, a, I only released a few, but I did like um, mashups and covers and stuff. And I um, really wasn't sure what my quote unquote voice was as an artist. Right. I was figuring out a lot of like also the mechanics of just like production and so, like, as I, um, I always felt, though, that there was a gap between, like, um, you know, Ira Glass talks about this a lot. Like, there's a gap between my taste and then what I'm making. And what I'm making is, like, oh, derivative. Have, uh, yeah. Whole exactly. I'm stuck in that world right now. <laughs> yeah. And, like, my taste when it came to, like, um, Indian music was always, like, I mean, Rahman was probably my, like, cornerstone. But, you know, a lot of Carnatic music, a lot of Hindustani music, a lot of Zakir Hussain, a lot of Ravi Shankar. Uh, and then on the Western side, like there was this rock. Um, I grew up with Rage Against the Machine and Muse and Tool. And then there was like hip hop was a big thing. Um, and Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, like the Americana yeah. kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, and also like your big pop stars as well, like your Justin Timberlakes and XYZ. But like I, I was just kind of navigating like this sound um, of like how to figure this out. And, and I still think that like, like, I don't know, like I, I feel like, in it, previously we used to have um musicians have a single genre for their entire lifetime but for some reason movie directors get to do whatever genre they want like scorsese can do <laughs> no, good no. good uh, good fellows and he can do hugo and then he can do shutter island and he can do the irishman yeah, again yeah. and like i i think that like for me like i kind of take that approach more to music and i think of like an album approach so like the scope of a single album will be centered around a single genre or style but the next thing will not necessarily need to be uh correlated at all to that and so like when i was making um, music starting out it was very all over the place as far as like i was doing some orchestral stuff i was doing some jazz stuff i was doing some pop stuff and i think that like from the outside it's, it looked very confusing and i didn't agree that's very true but to me i was just kind of navigating like getting good at production getting fast as well at like creating a, a product if you will creating a song and a video and putting it out and now like over the past um six months now i've done two albums and my first one curse of reveries was like a pop classical album it's a string quartet me and a piano a little bit of guitar um and that was meant to you know serve a certain set of genre and audience and then this next and my next one just released purple arizona it's been a week um, but like, you know, it's just more upbeat, uptempo country folk rock album. And I just think that for me, like, I like so many different genres of music. So many genres of music do well and trend across the world. We all listen to so many genres of music. As an artist, I should try and have uh, the ability to connect with a lot of different um, genres, and a lot of different people. And I feel like if I can do that, in a lot of different genres it can not only can it be fun as a, like an experiment for myself but also like i think it really breaks down a lot of the silos and how we think about art um i think there really is this unity of um 
I think music does kind of bring people together in a very unique way. Um, cinema, art does as well. And I, I think this, like, this idea of having, um, well, I do this one thing forever. I mean, that's fine. And I, I don't want to, um, you know, to each their own when it comes to their strategy. But for me, like, I just really love a lot of different styles of music. And I wanted to, figure, I think for the last few years, like figure out how to make all those songs work. And now like, okay, committing to for an album, like committing to albums and then committing to the scope of that album, making a song out of that, making, or rather making 10 songs, 12 songs, 15 songs out of that, and then moving on to the next thing. I think that's just an interesting kind of exercise for me that like, um, yeah. And I, I, it's funny because like, I feel like people may say like, oh, you're still figuring out your voice, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that like, I, at the end of the day, think about a lot of different problems, enjoy a lot of different music and want to communicate in a lot of different ways. And so um, I don't really find it to be confusing to me, but I guess like, you know, given the current market of how things are kind of the taxonomy of how an artist would playlist or if you will, and then like banking that as a single genre. Um, yeah, I can see how that's a little bit all over the place, but I don't really like, I don't want the market to curb my curiosity. Right, so you've uh, you've gone ahead and laid it out before I could, which is, I guess, the proper way to do it. You have two albums you got. One know. one as recently yeah. as last week. Um, I, I went through both of them, and uh, right, like personally, uh, I was I, I was really with the the jazz piano. That was that was kind of my jam. But then the, the jump, like the jump to what Purple Arizona is, was also fascinating. Like I, I grew up in Jersey, huge like Springsteen guy. So yeah, right, right, so off. I'm just like it, it was. Like I think well the problem is is I feel like eclectic either we be it in taste or be it in what you put out there I think people are so maybe now or maybe they've always kind of been used to like hey man that's not that's not what you said you were gonna be um, like I feel like everybody like you said box everyone gets boxed in uh, before we get to the the, the jumping of the albums wh- what would you say that you found. Uh, I guess your first success and what was that? What was that voice? Like, I find it interesting. If you, if people are saying you're still finding your voice, I don't think that's true because I think you've got some range kid. You've got some, uh, uh, I can, I can see like, even in, if you're saying the rock stuff, well in the rock stuff, I'm seeing some nice R and B being laid out. Right. And even in the, so like, exactly, exactly. So it's one of those things where I, I look at that and I go that this is not, this is not this is the beginning this is he's gonna you, i can totally see where the branches yeah. start going but where did you yeah, yeah, yeah. so what where where, where, where did you where, what what was the first kind of taste of like okay the applause really came when i went country or when it really came when i went uh or did you have a moment like that where you thought maybe this is the move like this is the yeah i i think um i it's it i i actually like have i i I'm trying to think about it because it's not so calculated. It's really like I start out with a blank canvas every time I finish a project and then I just kind of see what happens. And um, fortunately, I know a lot of very good musicians in L.A. that can pull off whatever I put in front of them. So I think at this point, like it's uh, like I wanted to I guess initially I really wanted to show off. Like, here, here's what I can sing. Here's what I can put together. I think there's something about the orchestra which lends itself towards a more sophisticated, um, like, the look and feel and the aesthetic of it feels like, oh, this guy's a real musician, quote-unquote. But then, like, my response to that was trying to do something very grounded. Um, and a song like Steady Life is just, like, 
three chords and a, and a variation on one. And it's just like the songwriting is just so personal. And so I think that like I have different goals for different songs and I feel different things at different times and I just kind of put all that out there. I think the strategy behind it, like I think one of the things that I've, um, that it's unique about my situation is that like I don't have to make money from this. Um, I have like a, a job and um, that is really what helps me just be, you know, creatively just completely free to do whatever I want. And so for my next album, which will probably be later this year, I haven't even started, but like um, I, uh, I have a few ideas, but I'll just kind of start writing songs and then I feel like it'll come together. I guess only time will tell whether I settle on a certain lane. Um, but I, uh, I look at, I think a lot of the inspiration around kind of being agnostic to genre came from Bollywood, just because I saw all the Bollywood composers not be confined to a single genre, even within a single movie. Um, you know, there was, if you take, take Lagan, for instance, I mean, there's so many different rhythmic variations and patterns in Carnatic and Hindustani and like kind of this rock and roll thing with Mithva, like it's amazing. Right. And like people are actually capable of thinking that way. It's just like the U S pop recording industry doesn't think of it that way, but I don't think we live in that like world anymore. I don't think we live in this like top down record label world. I mean, yeah, when it comes to revenue, sure. But when it comes to music, like I, I think that there's a lot of really phenomenal independent music in the world and independent artists in the world. And I think the scope of how they view music um, is w much wider than um, like how music is usually represented in like mass media. And I think that's like kind of what I'm more interested in speaking to and promoting and defending and evangelizing in my career. So I, I like that because it, the, I'm obviously not a musician, uh, nor do I pretend yeah. to be. Um, but like the market, like you were saying, nowadays it's um, – and this is what I – the question I really had was about. So like your two albums are relatively – You're polar opposites. Uh, I mean, they're like, no, yeah, 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 no, I'm, but I, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like both albums. If you if you stacked them as one, like one album is all the way through, like one thing, and then you can say the second album, same thing. So now I'm curious, as you just said, that it's it doesn't really have to be that way uh, because now you could like drop a single, and that single could be X, and then you drop another single, and that could be Y. And well, then, I, I want to so guard that. myself from singles uh, because I think that like. Uh, everyone does singles. I think they work as a marketing play. But for yeah. for me, like I, I find, I find that um, music is becoming more of an accessory to life. It's being consuming. It's been consumed very passively, um, and it's like a lot of it is stunt and gimmick based, and like it's hooky, it's catchy. And, I think that like that's all fine. It's all fun. Like I I enjoy dancing to top forty as well. Uh, I prefer yeah. that over a lot, to be honest. But like for me, like I I want to create musical experiences in which people will commit to like listening to the details of music. Um, and I think I I, I want to try and bridge the gap between like the mainstream and then like musicians' music um, because I think there's this need for me to still make. Some now I wouldn't say complicated because it's not like esoteric Carnatic jazz, which is amazing, but like not meant to be like you know consumed by like a billion people. But I still think there's like this. I'm trying to bridge that gap. I think with every project that I do, and the best way to do that for me is with albums. I think albums like committing to a full album, you can get a lot of um, 
styles and moments that you have within a genre out into like 10, 15 songs. Whereas I feel like with a single, like a single is meant to be catchy and hooky and like get people in. And I just don't want to think about all my songs that way. Um, because there's a song like on my, uh, if you look at a song on my first album, like, uh, like Chosen or Secret Boulevard, like they're, you know, platitude after platitude or Secret Boulevard is just a simple piano vocal love song. And it's like a very Billy Joel B-side thing to, and it's not even like, I don't know if that's going to catch people's attention in the same way that like Let Me Hold You Will, which is the single of the album, or like in Purple Arizona, like Steady Life or Bandits is like these big, um, like Bandits right. is a big show-stopping number, but also on Purple Arizona, you have a song like Money People, or you have a song like Down in the Desert, which is like going insane at the end of it, right? There's like six, seven, there's like six guitar patterns like compounding on each other. There's like open tones, like a sitar, like it's doing this esoteric thing that like if i were to just be in a single mindset i wouldn't um, so I, think that way think i that guess way. the uh, so my question was less about singles like i guess i was using singles as hard and i just uh, took it and ran with it my bad <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean everything you said is not is not wrong um but i guess i guess i guess defensively when i said that maybe you just assume like i could do singles it wasn't so much my point was it was to follow up to your point about uh you having uh, the ability to want to kind of dip your toe. Even that sounds like you shouldn't be, but like, yeah, fully commit to uh, a type of music, whatever it may be. And so I, my, my point was a yeah. single was, is that sometimes the way it kind of works now is if an artist, let's say drops, let's say two or three singles and they're yeah. massively uh, different from one another. Mm-hmm. I feel like the immediate response is always some people are just going to say, well, I really hope the album is more of, this one that I like and not yeah. that one that I don't like. But I, I'm curious because your first two albums are consistent, uh, if that's the right word, uh, with yeah, what no, they yeah. are. Uh, would you ever consider, and this is why I brought up this, this different songs, would you ever consider an album that was maybe 10 songs, like, whatever the length is, but but different, like, comp- like you have something like Purple Arizona in there, you have some stuff. Would you... Sorry. Would yeah. you... Yeah. Like yeah, Jess, you cut out you cut out for a second, but I think yeah. I think your question was, would I have a song, a ten song album where each song has a different? Genre? Would you feel? Would I mean again? You're te- like what you were saying. I'm totally in agreement that people don't listen to albums for the experience of the album or the story it's trying to tell. Well, I think I think people do. I just don't think they do often for independent musicians. Yes. Okay. So maybe that's that's the differentiation yeah. too. But would you ever con- yeah, yeah. would you ever think that you could? Uh, do something like that where you can have like a 10 12 song album but it is a nice mishmash but like not in a in a messy uh you get to still tell your story but you get to still experiment and that way you get to almost get your entire range out there uh quicker if i I don't know if i don't know i don't know if the question feels i if it feels uh if it feels wrong to ask you, like, change change it up, man. I don't know if my answer will suffice, but let me take a stab. Like, I think that, like, I yeah. do like this idea of, like, ring-fencing uh, the scope of a certain album. Like, I do like having a single genre occupy um, the whole album. And then if I want to do yeah. something else... Like, I've written a lot of songs while I was writing Purple Arizona that did not make the album because they were out of scope. And mm-hmm. a lot of those were either too rock and roll two latin jazz two french pop and each one of those is going to exist in some way in the future and i think that like in in whatever kind of album that i'll do within that genre within that scope 
I think the more important part of what I'm trying to do with the song is less about aesthetic and genre and more about like the message and the songwriting. And I think that has to be consistent. And if if I can do that and like bend genre between songs, I would. But as of now, I'm pretty committed to the idea of like um, looking at things like a uh, like a cinematic experience, looking at things like they have to be consistency, there has to be pacing and tone that's like similar. But that could change. I mean, I'm open to anything. Um, but right now, like when I'm doing an album, like I want to kind of immerse people in a lot of different ways within the same theme um, and have a lot of the language between songs be obviously different lyrically, but similar thematically. And uh, I find that to be a very like, I think it's tougher to actually like commit and do that. Uh, and I find that to be like a more challenging experiment than if I were to just put like a bunch of my singles or a bunch of songs in different genres together. That makes- yeah, it forces me to like write a lot of new music and it forces me to like commit to a certain production and a certain aesthetic. And like when it comes to money as well, like which is always kind of in the back burner, like I only have a, few days in the studio and so if i'm getting like a bunch of instruments like i want to like really use those instruments to their full capability so like i'm gonna use those instruments throughout the whole album and so when i'm writing like i try to keep that consistent so i can have um, i can afford to actually produce this thing because if i were to have songs with a violin and a cello but then like in other songs need um like a lot of electronic production um it's just it gets expensive because each song then requires its own capital um, and you can't just like do two days and knock out the whole album, which is what I'm doing now. Um, there you'll need a lot of different people, more producers, more instrumentalists, and um, it, it gets expensive very quickly. So I think it's, it, it's more, it, it, yeah, it's creative in a certain sense. There's some limitations I enjoy, but it's also very, very practical in the sense that like, I can only afford to really hire out and staff this many people for this much time. So it's all going to be with these people. Otherwise, it's just not going to financially work. Yeah, I, I guess that shows you how, uh, I guess how like laymen like myself are we. No, no, no. No, I just mean in terms of like, I, like I, I could, like you're, you, it makes total sense that when you're an independent artist, and there are so many, as you would be if, as an independent filmmaker, right? You, you, there's only yeah. so many resources that you have. You got to use them wisely. Yeah. So you, you really can't, I guess, be like, oh, guess what? Today we're gonna do this, and we're not gonna need any yeah. of this. And then t- there's a great interview with Christopher Nolan where he talks about his first feature film called Following, Following yeah. and uh, he only shot with natural light. He shot with raw film, but he only. He said, I spent, I think, 60% of his budget on the first 10 minutes of the film. And he was like, if I can get away with this first 10 minutes, once people are in the narrative, I've won. Because the rest of it can lose in quality. I can, um, you know, have, like, cheaper shots. I can use a lot of natural lighting. I can cheat a lot. I can overexpose things. And no one's going to judge me. But those first 10 minutes need to be perfect. And so, like, I think in a similar way, like, you know you need to make certain moments just extremely professional, but then you can, you have to have interesting things in the rest of the uh, project or, but they can't all be polished. You're not, a, I'm not a big record label artist. I can't put together like everything perfectly, spend all this money on video and all this money on promotion, all this money on branding, all this money on re- uh, recording. Um, I have to kind of pick my battles. And one of the battles I want to not do 
is staffing when it comes to studio time because studio time and um and just like the making videos and promotion of like a single song is um very expensive yeah no that's actually it's interesting that you could again an audience will let you get in any medium i think an audience will let you get away uh with a lot more if they're if they've invested in like you said the the 10 minutes or whatever percentage of the art because at that point they've already they've already kind of bought in so and you'll forgive a lot if you're a hundred percent in that's interesting i'm also pretty insistent on using real musicians like i don't use any electronic samples in any of my music um it and shows. i really want to <laughs> yeah fair enough and i'm just you know i i'm i was 40 at the age of 10 uh and i've just like gotten older we have that in common too uh yeah, though I'm though you probably right. didn't look it i did <laughs> um but like yeah i've always just i'm an old soul and i enjoy the imperfections of um real instruments i enjoy hearing air in my music and um all that kind of it, the irony is that like it's more expensive to do it that way, even though it sounds dated. Um, but there's it's like shooting on film. It's like way shooting on expensive. film. Yeah, way more expensive. But you know when you see it, you know I mean you watch Mad Men, you watch Marriage Story, like you just you just get it on the frame. Uh, there's a difference, uh, I think. Uh, well, the, the, I mean, we're not going to get into it because then the internet trolls. Will get, but like, there there is an argument to be made that like uh digital i think it was a i feel again tangent off the music for a second back to what we usually do um what ends up happening so i feel like when digital became prominent uh like in the two, in the 2000s or, or or late 90s it i feel like what happened was that look was so drastically different from what we know as like cinema if you will um that it was very easy to go like oh that's not to, to right now, uh, I you could watch something shot digitally, but if it understands the the aesthetic and the mechanisms of like, it could, it all, I think I feel, for me it always comes down to like, does it look grainy enough uh, for like real basic, yeah. real basic uh, level yeah. stuff? Uh, and I think that I don't think people actually know or actually care. I think they just have a feeling when they see something that looks like like old TV or maybe yeah. too waxy or too shiny. That they kind of go like, oh well, this is not what that is. But like I, you know, there's a lot of digital films that are shot digitally that look that mirror that really well because yeah. that's how they want to yeah, be shot. Yeah, the, the Coen Brothers like Bow to Buster Scruggs. I mean, that was on yeah digital, yeah, exactly. right? And like it looked like um, okay, this looks like Fargo, and which was shot on raw film. And like it's right, interesting because right. so, it's like I, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I can see. I can see an argument for that for sure. And I think like electronic music is the same way, right? Like I don't want to write off the entire genre. I think there's just something for me about like the commitment to uh, the take and like Mm. um, (laughs) no second chances. I don't have that much time and I don't want to spend a lot of time in editing. And so I just want to get the thing off the page in the mics and have it be perfect and move on. And I think there's something, there's a discipline there that like, if I know I'm going to do this live, I'm going to, I'm going to prep. Whereas if I'm going right. to do this digital, I'm going to, I'm probably going to want to do multiple takes and tune things and arrange things. You're going to tinker. You're going to, no, no, yeah. no I, I'm, I'm with you. And, like, it's I, fil- I, and yeah. shooting on film is the same way. It's like you rehearse, right, you so get your PD in place, every, your focus pullers on there. Like, all right, go. Uh, the, be- the benefit, the benefit of, of digital is always like, you're not going to run out of film. Right. But the, yeah. 
And that's great for whatever, depending on what you're trying to make. But like, it comes down to, like you said, discipline of we need to, there's a certain richness to knowing you got what you got and, (laughs) and, and, and now you got to live with it. Yeah. Um, And, 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 And I could totally see the argument that it's more for me than it is my audience. And I think it's an indulgence that I enjoy. That's for sure could be yeah, very I, I don't true. Want to feel, I don't feel like any of us are the worst. Yeah, I, I'm not. It's not better or worse. The yeah, I just um, I, I I feel like I can tell. I feel I feel like I can tell with music. Um, just because when someone, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure your ear there is way better than. Uh, yeah, with film, I I, I might be, not be able to as much anymore. But uh, with music, I, I I feel like I can tell. But I don't know. Maybe I can't. Someone will trick me. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I mean, or vice versa. Maybe yeah. Eventually. Some AI, some AI the, song uh, will be like... The dark side of electronics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's... Uh, so, like, we're going to... You, your comment about being 40 at 10 uh, struck me for many reasons. Uh, so, like you said, Dayton, Ohio, and then Phoenix, Arizona, you mentioned how it was not... Uh, I don't want to use the word ideal, but you, you had said, that, like, you know, a lot of free time that you had... So I'm assuming that, uh, like I said, you had friends, as you said, but like it, maybe it wasn't given what you were trying to do. Uh, I think I would asked you in like a prep question about like, uh, as we are a South Asian podcast, um, did you, do you find, or did you find, I'm, I'm sure now you're fine, but like the, the general, uh, if it was pushback or if it was just an uneasiness between, uh, like again, not to bring in YouTube comments because I don't; those should not be uh, valid forms of criticism. Uh, but oh, you should uh, read but, my YouTube; they're hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm curious if, if that the pushback, the pushback that exists there, uh, which again I thought was funny. Uh, this is again, just feel free to, to let's be petty for a second. Um, a lot of those comments were very much like this ain't country, and I was like, oh. So I'm curious. Put that aside for a second. Did you? Did it ever feel like you? doing what you're doing was there ever a sense of like eh, that ain't it chief yeah i mean i don't know i i'm extremely arrogant i think that helps uh quite a bit just get through the like you know i i know where my limits are but i i know like i know when i'm having a good time and i, I can feel when other people are having a good time and not every one of those people that i know is enjoying it is going to tell me that um, I also just think like at a very uh, early age, I just had a tremendous amount of confidence and um, I've just never really been, I think initially when I was starting out, yeah, it was definitely like pretty, like I cared a lot um, about like, um, I don't want to say what other people think because I still care now. I mean, we all care. But, like, I, I let it affect my creative process a lot. And now I'm just like, all right, like, it didn't work for you, but it's working for all these other people. I'm like, that's where I'm going to, like... Well, that's, 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 yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, in the initial setup of it, was it ever, uh, like, like you said, Sunjay yeah. K or whatever whatever your yeah. initial... Yeah. Sunjay, Sunjay K still is not very... You didn't really anglicize much there, but... Uh. Well, well, yeah, I didn't go, like... Uh, it, was, it was a half measure, possibly. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, like, I found... Um, you know, I think I wanted to... And I still want to be a part of American culture, right? Like, okay. I've, I have been to India. I've done projects out there, um, music projects with various film directors, and seen the machine out there. And I don't... I mean, I think it's awesome in a lot of ways, but I also think that like, I don't know Hindi. I don't know Tamil. 
I listen to, I know every song, I know every word of every song, but like, I'm not a part of that culture, right? Like, at the end of the day, I'm a part of American culture. And I'm, and I think that like, I want to, initially, I was like, well, I should then cater myself towards the American market. But um, I don't know, I think that like, you know, I'm 29 now. So if I was like breaking in my 20, early 20s, I think Sun JK would have made sense. But as like, you know, a musician in my 30s, I don't think Sun JK, it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah, and just like, kind uh, of like, yeah, I'm, no, Sun, I, I, I'm Sun Jay Christianworthy, like, right? Like, I, it's, feel like <laughs> I take a lot I, of pride weird. in my name and I, I, I want to like uh, put yeah, that up. So I was talking to... We're the same age. I'm 30. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was having a conversation with a, with a much younger, um, he was an actor. He was in his, uh, in his like, he wasn't even 20. I think he was just, I think he was 19. Uh, and it was interesting because as I was talking to him, he was looking at me like I must, I was like a dinosaur because the, I was trying to almost like justify Sanjay K type behavior or, uh, or stuff like that where I'd be like, oh, you know, when we used to do it this way and it almost feels like, oh, are you, are, and he was like, well, you know, I don't feel that way because I'm not embarrassed or I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm proud. Like you said, you want to, you want the pride of your name kind of a thing. And yeah. it's interesting that I feel like our generation uh, we learned it, but like we're coming around to it now yeah. in that kind of comfort, comfort, uh, com- you know, being comfortable yeah. in it. And, and these young cats these days are just like, Sanjay yeah. K, that's lame, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if Kim Card- Kardashian, how do you say it? Car- Card- <laughs> if she can do it, I mean, I mean, that name is not easy either, but it's now a part of American culture, right? And it's yeah. yeah, and Kardashian is a thing. Everyone knows how to say it. And like, I think that like, with enough advertising, anything is possible. Well, I've I've always said that too. Where uh, uh, if people can, if people can spend the time to to learn fictional Lord of the Rings languages and, and Game of Thrones names, they can learn yeah, Krishnamurti yeah. and they can learn like Jaskarn and they can learn yeah. a bunch of other. Yeah, exactly. Of and like I think there's just like you know there's this also notion that like we're probably one like you know the generation after us or you know our children. I don't know how much they're going to know about their heritage. They're going to be much more influenced by American culture. And that's, and it is what it is. It's fine. So am I. I'm not, I, it's a distillation of my, I'm a distillation of my parents, X, Y, Z. So on and so forth. But I think that like, you know, trying to maintain some semblance of my heritage in a public way is, would be nice. I think I, I, I wanted to preserve that. Um, yeah. And I, and I kind of regret not doing it in an, early, an earlier time. For sure. Well, like I said, some things you can't change. You got the skin. Yeah, you got yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah, 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 like there's only there's only so much. Uh, you mentioned your folks. Um, there is a you had linked it to me, but it's also on your YouTube. There's a wonderful uh, little speech that you gave a couple years ago. Um, yeah. And I I I watched it, and I think I feel like it, I may have seen it. I, it looked familiar, and I think it was circulated. Obviously, it must have been. The back all those years ago and it, it, it yeah, I think it's something that I think a lot of uh, like our generation can relate to yeah. because I, I yeah. think that, and that's another thing between everyone I talk to on the show is that the universality of uh, what that generation represents when they come uh, here to yeah. North America and then what we um, have to uh, either live up to or uh, or kind of follow along or whatever it may be like so you, you like you said you you went into to biology so you made your folks proud and stuff uh, <laughs> but uh yeah yeah but so it's like it's it was the, you mentioned it in the video about like they were very much like 
uh, taken aback. Now, yeah, uh, I mean, you're, 20, a, you're 29. It's a joke on stage. It wasn't that dramatic. Uh, no, 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 I know. But I'm saying that, it, uh, so 29 now, uh, at what what age did they, because I, I make a joke now when I go do film stuff, is I always go, man, it took 30 years for for my folks to go like, oh, my kid, he writes things and or whatever, or he makes yeah. films. Did did that, I mean, it doesn't have to be dramatic, but like it def, I pr- probably didn't come right away. And um, yeah. at what point do you think that it was like, okay, you know what? Or did you, because you seem to have a balance too. I feel like you've got the job and you've got the art thing. So does yeah. that make it, does that, make, that made it easier? I bet. Oh, the hedge, the hedge is what gives them comfort. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that initially, so there was a year between I started working at Google and um, doing music. Well, sorry, but in college where I was just doing um, music. And I think during that year, there was a lot more, um, you know, uh, uh, apprehension, if you will, and yeah. tension in the, in the house. And, you know, I, I just think that, like, you know, I have this thing and I have this degree and I have this ability to derive capital in a certain way. Like, why not use that? Why give it up for music? And I think that's, like, all fair, right? Because, like, they... They just want what's best for me. I can't judge them for that, and and like they they and I wasn't. Sorry, it's a faster it's a faster way to just attain security and um, stability, uh, and to like have a family and like bring that into the world. And I think that for me, like I've, um, you know, I and and I I got lucky kind of with the job, which is why like I'm, um, yeah, I'm in like a unique position in that sense. Um, so yeah, that definitely gives them some comfort. And I think, I mean, I think that when they, they now take probably more pride in the music thing, um, and that happened like 25, 26, I think when I started really like, um, this is not going to sound arrogant, but like, I think it's when I started getting like good. Like, I think that like, I was just so amateur. I didn't know anything. And I was making a lot of stuff that was just all over the place. I think when I started really understanding the scope of a project, the scope of like, um, putting together like a um, a team, making something really beautiful together, uh, and having a lot of confidence behind that. Like I, I, I don't feel this sense of like, oh, well, I hope this works. Like I know Purple Arizona just it rocks. Like I know it's so fun, and like it's not meant. And if you think it's differently, that's great. But, like to me, I just have so much confidence about that. And when I was approaching my parents initially around the music thing. I would approach it with this mindset of like com- complete risk of like, I have no idea like how to do this. I don't know anyone. I like think this is going to work. I think I can sing. And now I'm just like, all right, like this is going to bring down the house. And I don't know whether it's going to be a smash hit. I don't know if I'm going to be a millionaire, but I know the product that I'm making and like this endeavor, like I have a lot of confidence in this. And like, I know I've been validated enough at this point to know that like this is worth my time. Um, so I think that kind of shift happened as I just got older and more sure of myself um, and just getting more reps under my belt on stage in the studio, writing, making a bunch of crappy, crappy songs, making a bunch of OK songs, a great, great moments. But the rest of the song sucks. I've just gone through like that process. And now I just know like on the page that this is something I can have confidence over. And just my parents witnessing that and being a part of that. Um, I think they're now seeing like there's something here at worth supporting, and I think they take a lot of pride in it actually now. Yeah, I, 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 a word I use a lot uh, when I talk to to filmmakers, for example, is uh, like you everything you just said. It's tangible now, 
right? It's uh, like uh, whether it's validation, whether it's, uh, you know, like views or whether it's what what you're doing out there and they can see it. A lot of that comes like it's a tangible fact that you it's hard to explain the late nights scribbling down lyrics or whatever it may be, because that to them will, I think at least uh, will always feel like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? How could you be better spending your time? Um, And then, but then the minute you, yeah, the minute you get to, Oh, this, this thing that was a, you know, total nonsense to you like six months ago became this thing. And, and they go, okay, this, I understand. That I still don't want. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I'm still in the stage of making things work, right? As far as like the, yeah. getting the market to value what I have done and like building an audience and doing that full time. And I think that's like the next step. But I think that when it comes to like, I feel like there's like, I don't know, I, I think in threes, like every corporate person, um, like there's like this, at first there's a journey of just like finding like what you are, like what the type of music you want to do. And like, that's like a very internal thing. And then it's about like figuring out like making something that other people will enjoy. And it's actually like getting that product to sound and look and feel like it is competitive with others in the market. And then there's about promoting that and making it a part of like building an audience and getting shows booked and building that. And I think those are like three distinct like stages of like an artistic career. And a lot of musicians that I meet with in LA or Nashville or New York are starting in their teens. And like for me, I only started after college. So I was like 21, 22. And like I was really late to the game. And yeah, money buys you a little bit of time, you know, being diverse and having that like card can help you every once in a while. Like, oh, this is something new. This is interesting. Let's give them some financing or this and that. That may help, but like I just think from like a craft and just like the personal journey perspective, like music is a young person's game and starting in your 20s is really hard because you kind of feel like you're late when you're 25. And it's unlike film, which is a much more mature medium and form. Uh, uh, I was just, uh, my segue there was going to be that, because uh, I also feel like I've been doing it forever, but like actually taking it seriously as a medium, I don't think I either did until maybe 25. And I remember yeah. being in film school with thinking like, oh, and like I said, I already, I already back then had a complex about looking older than I am. So already I'm surrounded by these like early 20 uh, year old cats or younger who are just out of like high school and some are just, you know, this is their college, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm going like, man, like I, you have a kind of a feeling of these guys are probably going to rush through it quicker because they like that drive is just different. Like how we were, you know, freshman year at college is not how we are. Uh, four years out. But, but there are there are you, older, I guess the point is like there are older movie directors who are quite famous. I can, yes. there very rarely are there older musicians that are very famous. Uh, like Sia well, maybe I mean, um, yeah. was breaking in her 30s, but everyone else had broken their 20s and is now continuing to be successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone that you can name who's like 50 plus uh, has been famous in their 20s. Yeah, was, exactly. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I uh, I just think that like you know that to me I think was is still even now like um, is is a tough pill to swallow but you know I don't. I don't but you it. you sound like you're in a good enough place where when you do gigs and you see people who are maybe in their twenties, uh, I don't think I mean maybe it does maybe this, this, we can get into that does does it bother you be real does it does it is a party no it doesn't bother me um, yeah. look like. You start being more uh, grateful. 
<laughs> for things the older you get i feel like you take yeah. everything for granted when you're younger and now i'm just like i still have a lot of energy right now i still have my hair um that's, I, that's what's really like, important folks this is <laughs> i mean it, it it really did causally change financing um in the last two years um but like i just have this idea and i think like i have this um ability to do something like really fun like that i find really fun and like i don't feel competitive um as much as i feel like an urgency to get my workout um i don't think it's zero sum though um i think if i was going for the like pop thing like to be the next justin bieber yeah for sure i would find it to be very zero sum because there's only so much attention but i think for the thing that i want to do now it's different it's just like you know i look at an artist like hosier uh, i really like what he does i think yeah. he's just next level and i think from the reason why i like his music is like aesthetically it's there harmonically it's very complex and interesting but his, what like i think the ideas that he has are just great and um i just want to be in that lane of singer songwriting and like that audience doesn't really care as much about like your age and the sex appeal of it as much as they do the music and um they're not mutually exclusive for sure like i'm still playing i'm still trying to put on like the best face forward and brand it properly i'm i've made cut piece with my own vanity and i'm fine with it but like I think that like it's just different and I think that like I don't I can be in my 30s now and break and it can be fine whereas with a name like Sanjay Krishnamurthy whereas like if I'm still hanging on to the pop star thing it feels washed out before I'm even a thing and I'm 34 trying to like you know make (laughs) pop music videos with like you know hot girls around me and cars and stuff like I, I just like to me that didn't really sit with me um i just had a much more you know again i was 40 at 10 and i'm when i'm 40 it'll actually i'll make some great music because <laughs> i'll finally feel the age that i've always felt uh, or i've always uh, wanted to be rather um so yeah i i i think that like there isn't this jealousy uh, that like i there definitely used to be for sure in my earlier 20s i was like oh man like everyone around me sucks and like i'm better than everyone and i'm like a genius and this whole thing and I've done nothing to deserve that. I, I was just kind of prideful about it. And now I just like every opportunity, every gig that I'm passively playing at or every gig that my name is in lights, it's uh, equal. it means something equally meaningful to me. And I think that like, whether it be Madison Square or my local coffee shop, like I want to take both of those moments incredibly seriously. I like that you said that. I, th- I think that also, like you said, I think that comes with uh, two things, age, obviously, but also two, doing it for... Uh, as long as you do it because then it's only later when you look back you can go you know what this stretch of time may, maybe wasn't so like the levels of where i thought i was and what i was doing maybe they're not uh, as in sync as i thought they were um and then you get to a point where no i, I like that because uh like i said i as as a filmmaker i i feel like everything i want to do i want to retain uh in your case you've got independent music i feel like i grew up on 90s indie cinema so my lens my lens really has never Right, my lens has never really changed, uh, rightfully or wrongfully, about like, oh, it sh- this it should require this much of you in it and and personal and all that stuff, and so part of me is like, well, I don't I don't know how to do it any other way because what I grew up watching or what I wanted to grow up emulating, it's so uh, one type of way, 
in terms of the individuality of it and what you what you make of it that uh, I don't want to ever lose that of that sense of ownership of it as you, you seem to have very clearly have with your work. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so that in having said that, uh, so two albums out, uh, both phenomenal in their own little ways. Um, uh, one of my favorites off Purple Arizona, I really liked Old Valentine. I thought it was fitting yeah. that I got to hear it right around Valentine's Day, or not fitting yeah. if you uh, <laughs> if you really felt the song. Um, but uh, it's uh, so like you said, next album prefer maybe this year or, uh, towards the end. Or yeah, the I think I can or? do another album this year. It just depends on how big this one gets and then where the money comes from but yeah so what is the now this is a a super generic question but like what let's say uh because i feel like at this level and maybe even forever we could always it's always nice to to just throw something up there in the stars um what what is the uh quintessential if there is such a thing if you tomorrow got the complete freedom the opportunity to just go full out not have to worry about a, a job, job or anything of that. What what does that does that still look very much the same as what it does now, or like the the feel of it still the same? But what would you what do you think you would do with that uh, kind of opportunity? It's a weird question because it's like eh, it's make a wish at this point. I would make a movie or a TV yeah. show, life story, um, life story movie, like a Baby Driver type you- movie where like music is the fundamental momentum of the movie and then because I, I just think we live in such a tv culture and then movies i, I agree are big but art like i enjoy a lot of art house cinema and however much i love parasite and however many awards it gets you know avengers is just going to blow it out of the box after any time so like I, I think i care about two things right one is like being very artistic with the form um but also choosing a form which is uh which a lot of attention, long form attention is going towards. And right now, I think that like long form attention from a aesthetic standpoint goes to TV, uh, then movies, then maybe podcasts. Um, And like music, I think like, I don't know, but like a lot of it is consumed, but again, like passive i don't know how much of it is active non-celebrity music because then you're memorizing celebrity lyrics to go to the club and chant them and it's fun and it's you know it's different um but like non-celebrity uh memorization of lyrics and those things like the long tail if you will um i would like to kind of dignify um a lot of those like esoteric nuanced things about music in the form of like tv or film if i had all the money in the world i would definitely want to partner with um like a director and put something really interesting together write something together that's new um and um yeah i mean i have a few ideas um but yeah i without giving i'll leave it at that um like you had mentioned to to kind of bridge both you you had said you went out to india and and saw how that sausage gets made and stuff Um, yeah some of it uh, it's not sausage some of it is like you know gourmet like thyra sadam and rasam sadam like you know what i mean like it's uh it's great it's a whole whole tally of things i'm sure um but what what is the so would you so and on this side of things uh and like i said i this is not to to uh undermine any of the independentness by any stretch of the imagination because i feel like it goes hand in hand these days but like your music in independent cinema or or would you look at composing or something like that would 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 that be something that you'd want to do maybe i'm asking selfishly i don't know i don't know 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think that, like, if you look at my repertoire, like, so much of it is orchestral for a reason. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I that's, really that, want that's, to... that's what I latched on to immediately because I'm a huge, yeah. huge or- orchestral fan. Yeah, and same here. Like, I would love to play Chopin, write my own piano ballads and do... Like, you'd take a look at, like, Max Richter, right? Like, without oh the screen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love his music. But without the screen, I don't know if he would have been discovered. You know what I mean? His music is great. Well, I no, I agree. Because I, so, this is now going to be a Max uh, side tangent. But, like, uh, so he recently did the music for Ad Astra. Uh, he was the yeah. composer on that. And I remember I was uh, somebody... Oh, this is, we're going to tie this all together because we literally mentioned like Scorsese and Shutter Island. So in Shutter Island, yeah, I, mean, I love Island. cinema. If you couldn't tell, it's, yeah, it's no, no, like, it's yeah, probably no, my no, main. We're... That and books are like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. We should have met each other way back in the day. Uh, I, I was in I was in Jersey. You were in Ohio. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, so no, I'm I'm 60 now. I was 40 back then. So <laughs> well, listen. In our yeah. now we're in our in twilight. Our, I was only up enough. I'm glad we're rekindling in our twilight years. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, in Shutter Island, there is a. Uh, uh, there's a Mac. They they use it. I think it's in the closing credits. They use a Max Richter score from the Blue Notebook. Um, and I'm um, drawing a blank on this singer. It's a wonderful little song that that he kind of meshed the music composer meshed together. And I thought like it's you're right. Like I, as someone who goes out of his way to to listen to uh, like Vivaldi or, or whatever it is, just just to get to get that vibe because I feel like it's not unless it's in like a trailer. I don't think anyone actually bothers to go what was that Um, we hear we hear more with our eyes today than our ears um and like i just think it's really important to pair visuals in a narrative form with the music because that's going to be the most impactful way to make the song mean something and bring context to the song because right now like all we have with music is like you know if we're listening on a new song on spotify like yeah you can definitely latch on to things but like there's a catchiness element involved, but like any long form kind of like eight, nine minute piece of music. Um, yeah. Like Claire de Lune, for instance, beautiful song. There's a lot of beautiful oh classical songs, yeah. but Ocean's oh, Eleven yeah, made yeah. that song. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yes. I, I, I just like, I, I, you can't uncouple that. And I think that like, once you have a moment like that, it just becomes... It's in, in, in a different way, yeah. In, in, in yeah, not in a, yeah. It's not good or bad, but like it, it makes it work as a part of culture. And I think that yeah, for me, no, like yeah. that's what I'm interested in is like how do I make more esoteric music a part of like well-known culture and have it mean something in the context. And cinema and TV are like the biggest microphone um, on the planet, and like it would be cool to do that in America. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. And I I didn't mean that in the judgment of the way, but like, I do think that like Indian cinema, it's just like, it's like I said, like, you know, like Parasite, Parasite, no matter how much it gets, I think a lot of people will see it, but like, I think they're, um, at the end of the day, like, I think we're still living, it'll get better in the next 10 years. I think we'll be much more global with our tastes and our, um, consumption, but it's still like going to be a barrier for um a lot of folks compared to like you know your bigger triple a titles i hope you get to do that because that's uh like like it's one of those things where like you know how they say like music uh once attached to a memory that's it like that's never like you'll never shake that like you'll hear it 20 years from now and it'll put you right back um, and I feel that's yeah. the, and that's the same way. It's an added uh, kind of attachment if you if it's from a TV show you adore, or if it's from what you, and it's 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 all just like I said, it's all tangible to that emotion or whatever it may be. 
Like, I mean, so, the, the theme song for The Leftovers is just, like, one, like, minor chord. I think D minor, C minor yeah, chord, just arpeggiating. Yeah, yeah. But, like, because it's The Leftovers and it's, it's that moment, like, it means something to you now. If I played that, I mean, four-year-olds have been playing that theme for their entire lives. Like, <laughs> when they're practicing a we're, C we're of breaking, minor chord. We're breaking it right here. It's Sanjay was the originator of this tone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's something you practice, but, like, given the context of yeah. it, it just elevates the whole thing because of the visuals and the story and the narrative. And every, it's just everything becomes it becomes a moment. I think that's really special. I think that uh, I would love to pair my music with, like, a special moment like that. Yeah. I, I think you'll get there, man. I think the – I think I honestly think the music is, is, is kind of there already uh, on its Thank own. You. But uh, it's, like you said, if, if, if you need the extra vehicle – why not? Like, why? Not, nothing yeah. wrong with taking a little uh, hitchhike uh, into people's uh, minds that way, as long as it clicks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I and I think that, like, you know, I I tend not to live in uh, fantasy, though. Just like I tend to just live like, what can I control and move the needle slightly forward with what I can control now and focus on that. And if other opportunities come my way, great. But like, I just think that like, I was so focused on this end narrative of being a movie composer for a long time that like, it's just so far fetched that like, you don't actually, it just paralyzed me when it came to work uh, and output. Because I, I was like, oh, is this going to be the right brand? Is this going to be the right look and feel and this and that? And now I don't care. Like I'm just like, I'll make a lot of music and show my versatility. And over time, I will be employable to some composer or, or sorry, some director. And I think that's kind of where my head's at now. It's just getting a lot of reps out in the best quality possible in the short amount of time that I have. Uh, it's So it's been an hour. Uh, and I, I feel like a, a good question to end things on. Uh, right. I think you had mentioned it in our talk earlier, but just... The idea of so like where you are and and I I feel like a lot of people uh, who are listening to this who are maybe in the same boat who are kind of either late bloomers or even if they're still getting started uh, I, I think it's a huge boon to to hear what you're saying to see what you're doing and go and that's one thing we wanted to get out there is that we want this to be not preachy but just more of like look I feel like when we were kids we didn't have the uh, the immediacy of like look here's seven people who look like you who are doing this um and so it's one of this so I, I guess so as you go on and i'm uh well we can you can plug some tour dates if you want later um you heard it here first it's, it's coming it's coming um but <laughs> do you find that uh, uh as much as i hate to put it in like camps of like white people and and brown people but like do you find people of uh, either younger generations or maybe even maybe older generations who maybe wanted to do it and never got a chance to get around to it? Do you get do you hear some of those stories and, and what kind of feedback do you get from uh, people of the culture, if you will? Yeah, yeah. So sorry, just kind of clarify the question. So is it like what do you hear? Do you, do, yeah, do you do you hear from uh, other South Asians, if you will? Either you know the ones who are American, like we are, or 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 you know whatever it may be of any of any generation who maybe wanted to pursue it. Do you hear? Is it inspiring to them? Do they feel like, oh, this is I'm glad that you you do this because this is really just to make yourself feel better about yourself? Uh, question, but like, do, do you find that uh, you you've met people or you've heard from people? Am I, I'm doing a terrible job. I don't know why they gave no, me. No, no. So uh, you want me to talk about the praise I've received along the years? I will gladly well, I, wax sound, lyrical. We only, how, I, I mean, how long do we have? <laughs> I just mean like, do you, do you, as do you find that you've hit people or touched people that uh, can see something in you that 
helps them get to that uh maybe gets to that that similar path yeah um the the short the long and short of it is yes um and we're done (laughs) and we're done the i i I think i think a few things i think that what i'm trying to let's put it this way if i had to people have taken away a lot of different things a lot of different moments in their life um some have been um inspirational personally some have been like helping them get through a certain time in their life of pain or some sometimes coupling a moment of joy with the song that i wrote and it's all been kind of across the gambit it's been wonderful um, I think the one big takeaway, though, that a lot of people have observed about my path is, um, and, and the thing, the thing they take away from it, uh, which is, it's oddly practical. Um, and, and, and it's actually like, it's, it's about having like another thing to provide you income when you're figuring this thing out. I don't really believe in, um, putting all my eggs in one basket. I really care about having some sort of financial runway to burn a lot of cash when I'm figuring out how, when I ask for my, when I'm asking for financing for my album, I have so much experience that I'm not gonna waste a single penny because I've already wasted and burned a lot of like smaller budgets and I have those mistakes all out of my um, out of my head. I think there's this uh, notion, uh, and I and I see this I see this um, lesson not only with music musicians, fellow musicians, but other filmmakers as well that have like told me like, hey, like I got this other thing, or I'm doing this other gig to like get the get money outside capital because like I'm realizing that the more I these ideas that I had that were so quote unquote great, like when I saw them on the screen or I heard them in the studio, they sent or like, when I like recorded them they were pretty shitty. And so like, or I, I needed so much work on the craft. I, I, I couldn't communicate that properly. Like I had a good idea, but I just couldn't, I didn't know the production mechanics as well. Or I just miss, I didn't know casting was so important. I feel like that's like fundamental. I mean, it, it, stuff like this, you just don't think about because you're like, oh, perfectly cast and perfectly lit. Like every frame in your head is just like perfect. Yeah, and yeah, the same no, even, that's, I mean, do you have to like break a few eggs? And then, yeah. Like, in your case, it, what songs they are in my case it's a whole bunch of short films a whole bunch of short films right Uh, and and it's just like one of those things where like i i feel like i if i could give any advice or the advice people have partaken from me uh is just like you know outside income is freedom and it allows you to really make a lot of mistakes and then it gives you a portfolio of like 80 percent projects that when you ask for the thing that's going to be 100 percent, that's going to be edge to edge flawless it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time and you have reps and experience and a team under your belt to where like when you're asking for a six figure amount or in film, a seven figure amount on the indie side, um, maybe even eight, um, God, your world is so much harder. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I, I tell the story all the time oh, yeah. to, to, to show you how completely not equipped I am. But, uh, for the longest time, cause I, I'm a, I'm a writer trying to be a director, but mostly I write. And uh, what ends up happening is, is I on the page it can be whatever it wants, right? Just like it can be, it it's everything you want it to be until someone goes like that costs money. No, you can't have that. Um, so I would go into meetings, and I again I'm so caught up in this independent '90s thing. I self like arrogantly was throwing out budget numbers that haven't been relevant since 1995, and so 
even independent cinema has changed like independent cinema now is is we're in the millions now right like that's independent cinema now whereas back right yeah back back then yeah back then independent cinema was uh uh just you know half a mil less than that and stuff so i would throw out these numbers and and these people would look at me and go like how how can you call yourself a professional when you think that's how much things are costing but it's one of those things where you you that's what you learn you learn like you said where you burn the resources and all that and you get to a point where you can start playing with the big boys as it were because you have fun you've kind of earned that path of like okay i did uh, i've got a dope portfolio and it it shows you what i'm capable of like now we're serious and we're going to do that one thing at at full capacity and it's going to show you the full potential and stuff Exactly, and I, and I and I think on the music side, it's actually like productions become quite cheap. I mean, you can I produce all my records at maybe five figures uh, less. Mm. I mean, and we're talking like sub twenty k, um, and promotion though. <laughs> I mean, you're well, looking. You're I mean, you are just. I mean, for a rec- record label, you're looking at an eighty twenty split from marketing to production. I mean, th- you're spending four x on that right like it's crazy how much money is spent just to make sure everyone hears your song and that is the most fundamental important thing like the song needs to work it needs to be good sure but like getting people to hear your song getting a music video videos are so expensive um and so like i just think that like um it's it it becomes one of those things where like having reps in all those different lanes um and kind of making it work with like a few thousand fans doing a few shows getting a lot of confidence under your belt like knowing where you are really going to shine and knowing where you're just, you've tried that, it's just not going to work. And like having that type of confidence to know how you're going to navigate that when you get a bigger deal or when those moments come, just to get the right to pitch those, you'll, you'll feel it when you feel like I've earned this. Like I'm looking at everyone on screen and I can do exactly what they do and I know exactly how to do it. I just need the money. And when you feel that, I think that's really... Um, that's, that's it's a great feeling to have when you can just clearly see not only the idea but also how you're going to make it all work like that production yeah. mindset kind of has to be there uh it, it's rare and i don't know i know it happens a lot but to hire producers and have them deal with it like i think it's the same thing like i i, I would never understand how there are a lot of writer director auteurs like linklater or tarantino who could never imagine not writing like their own thing and, and then giving it to someone else a director. I, I mean, I, I think it's been done a few times with each one of those guys, but like more or less, most of their work is like they write it and direct right. it. And I think there's a reason for that. And I just think that like, that's why their movies are like uh, unique, but also extremely successful because they like, they understand the ops and like the vision of the work. And I think that like, similarly, like I would give that advice to just like really understand like how to make things work so that when you're writing like you get to a point when like at least with song like it's a little different with songwriting because it's you're not making like budget decisions as much as when you're writing a script for sure mm-hmm. like you probably are finding out ways to make moments work emotionally with like oh we don't need to have like this elevator thing it can just be in like this waiting room or whatever it is like you kind of change sure, the context yeah. of it to save money um so yeah i mean i think it's like um you just go through that exercise and i think it uh it helps a lot and yeah so i would say like outside income and make a lot of mistakes and when you yeah that's it no it's it's good uh uh and and to your film example like again it goes back to individuality and and being sure of that 
um, in whatever way that is. Because and then nowadays, I feel like there's an audience for everything now. Like it's, uh, yeah. I feel like gone are the days. Not entirely, but it, you could you find your niche and you're just that's it. Like you yeah. you could you could sustain. And I think that's uh, something that didn't exist. I think when uh, or wasn't really. You didn't really see that. Well, I'll tell you this much. A name and a face like mine could not make country and folk music 10 years ago and have it be heard by 250,000 people in a week. There's just no way. Uh, this is why you had to wait till you were 40. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> I do think I have... Um, I don't think I'm... I think I am a little bit late, but not too late. I think I was a little early, to be honest, on the whole, like... Um, I, I think this, there is this moment in time now that is like... There's something about it being a new decade, which feels like it's the future now, and it feels a little more open to like new interpretation. And it's cool to come out the gates doing something. I think a lot of artists are going to be doing, going to be like just in the back of our minds, like the 2020, it just kind of forces us to push and expand what we consider um, music, art, like the scope of what a genre yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. No, I've. Uh... I've been I've been calling 2020 the reboot. I've been cooking that it's yeah. uh, where it's like we're coming out and we're just I think like everybody there's a sense of something's got to give or yeah. something's got to change and I, I think we're we're changing it uh, to yeah. a degree uh, whether that be ourselves or whether that be the art that we put out there. Totally. Uh, so yeah, I mean I'm really excited. I, I think there's like a lot of other musicians as well, um, South Asian, uh, Korean, um, Japanese, uh, you know, yeah. South American, Brazil, Latin, Latin America is growing, Asia is growing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Europe and U.S. are still, you know, strong uh, incumbents. But I think you are seeing a more global um, lens, um, whether it be as catchy and gimmicky as Despacito. It's just it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> Um, which is fun, which I love. I, I, I think it's 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 good. Um, and like a movie like Parasite winning the Oscars, like it's a great moment for cinema. And like I think you're gonna see this next decade. I think it's it's interesting. You'll see how it'll be interesting to see how Hollywood adapts to it as well. Given there's a lot, there's a whole other conversation there. But um, I do think it is a this next decade will be a lot more of like these niche artists getting bigger platforms. Um, for a short amount of time and then making a lot of cash and then producing for other niche artists. Like, I think that's like kind of the model. We're going to have a lot of new, a lot more new artists breaking in the next decade rather than like an occurring, like a Scorsese just dominating for a decade or for multiple decades. Um, I mean, he can, he has free reign. I'll allow it. I'll allow he it. Has, and I love his <laughs> movies. Right. I, I, I just think that like, I, I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I take a look at like Damien Chazelle, for instance. Like, I think that like I love his films and he but I do think that like in his generation, there's going to be a lot of new faces every single year that are going to emerge just because there's a niche audience that is so passionate and willing to just on day one make this movie work that like every producer and, and Netflix or whatever has so much cash that they're going to just throw it at like a lot more niche artists. I mean, they're spending 11 billion in content a year um, and they're going global. They want to go global. And so from a business standpoint and a cultural standpoint, I think you're just going to see a lot more of that thinking when it comes to the financing, which will then result into, you know, what we see in the culture. Uh, final thought, final, uh, just before we let you go, okay. wishful thinking, yeah. uh, yeah. anyone you'd love to collaborate with? Like, in, is there anyone that you would, I mean, I'm sure there's tons. Um, but just in terms, I, I don't let, let's let's take out the established artists and say, is there anyone that you 
if we're going to be, if 2020 in this decade is the new, like, hey, prop up other people too, is there anybody out there that you want to shine a light on uh, who's kind of doing it like oh, you? Oh, not a celebrity. Someone uh, well, I mean, like I said, you, if you can, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can tell me you want to tour with uh, uh, like a, like a Springsteen or something like that. And then you could also, is there well, any? No, it would probably, I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Bruno Mars or John Legend and I could just okay. crush. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually yeah. You guys should have been little shaft time. Show I know. I like the first album was John Legend, Sam Smith, yeah. and then the second yeah, album yeah. is yeah, it's country and folk, but it's like it's a lot of rock and roll. It's it's Jack yeah. White. It's it's Bruno Mars. I mean, like I would love any of those to be in the arena with any of those guys, literally. Um, <laughs> put it out. Put it out there. But I think who would I shine a light on? I mean, they're all. All the people I listen to are pretty well established, but like, there's this guy Tom Mish, FKJ, Leon La Havas. I really like all of them. It's like this UK um, pop funk soul stuff that's going on. Um, there's this Colombian band called Monsieur Perine. Um, they are excellent. Um, they have a song "Bailar Contigo," which is just. I mean, they are all live instruments. They're a big band. I really enjoy their music a lot. I mean. Um, I've uh, Pratik Kuhad's music. I enjoy. Uh, I saw him at a show in LA and I hung out with him for a little bit. Seems like a really this humble guy. Writes his own stuff. Like super authentic. I really like him. Yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely something there. Um, yeah, and I just think that like um, I'm trying to think. I like I like a lot of those artists. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where my uh, where it is. I mean, I like I like Hozier a lot. Everyone I mean, Hozier Hozier is like how, you, yeah. Wasteland baby, uh, what'd you, did you? Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I it wasn't. It, I I liked it. I know it got like mixed reviews. Um, I liked it too, but I, I now it's nice to see a fellow, mo- a fellow movement. Fan. I mean, movement is just it's just great, man. Um, it's just one of those songs that just like first listen chord structure harmony lyrics yeah, yeah. like the guy gets it that might be a box and, thing right? i think people were um, yeah, just so it, enamored with uh yeah. what it was or what it or what it last yeah. was uh that i don't know I, yeah. I i find that to be the case a lot yeah i mean i think he's the real deal i really enjoy stuff um yeah uh i like leon bridges a lot i mean these are all very famous yeah. people though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. we could spend another hour just talking about that uh yeah, yeah, but uh yeah. we're gonna let we're gonna let you go i want to thank you so much sure. for yeah. sharing all, i love that you managed to both make it musical and make it cinematic so now it's we didn't have to alienate any of the audiences um but uh yeah uh as a first so right off the bat let me just get this beat roger plug out of the way um so beat roger tv if you haven't already and you're sick of me telling you about it well, beat roger tv man look it up what are you waiting for do you want to see south asian entertainment we're here we're out here look look at us um and check it out beat tv.com it's on every app you could imagine get them on all of them i'm sure you've got all the devices figure it out um but yeah, so Sanjay Krishnamurthy, he played us in, and for the first time, that was the first, and now he's going to play us out. I'm not going to be one of those really weird radio guys who's like, sing us a few lines, because I ain't about that life. Um, yeah. But they're, they're going to they're gonna hear it, and uh, they're hopefully going to flock to uh, to see what you've uh, you've put out there, and hopefully stick around and see what you're going to put out there. And uh, uh, yeah, maybe we'll you get back in touch when the next album drops. Um, yeah, and definitely. Uh, definitely. Like I said, I really want to, just because I'm biased, I really want to see 
that orchestral composition composer sun jk come on out i want to see what that looks like uh uh, I'm gonna wait for that day. That that'll be a day. Yeah. To get it, it'll. I mean, it'll it'll happen. Uh, I I think that it might not happen the way I want it to, but I, I think that I'll probably will it to once I get impatient. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was Bridge the Culture. I'm your host, Jazz Singh. Thank you to Sanjay Krishnamurthy, and uh, yeah, un- until we bridge again, play us out, man. Thank you so much. the sun rise, as soon as the birds arise, I don't want to leave your side, oh Valentine, and soon when the rivers dry, and fall from these southern skies, remember our summer nights, oh From your ashes you will always be my Valentine Oh Valentine Rising from your ashes you will always